Messi wasn't wasn't stepping like that back in the day. Like, was he even, <laughs> no, no, it was, it was, it was at, at the end of the career. It was hookers and sevens were told, right, you have to stay on the wing channels. I'm going, <laughs> oh no, please don't <laughs> keep me in the middle. <laughs> Joe presents House of Rugby United Rugby Championship together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Welcome back to House of Rugby URC, brought to you with the support of our good friends at Bank of Ireland. We've got another packed show for you this week, guys, as we look back on round five of the United Rugby Championship. We'll also be taking a close look at Andy Farrell's Autumn Nation Series squad ahead of their upcoming fixtures against Japan, New Zealand and Argentina. For today's show, we're delighted to welcome former Ulster and Irish international Chris Henry. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> Great to have you on, Chris. We're going to ask you 10 questions at the end of the show, but first, let's take a look at the weekend's action. All right, guys, let's uh, start off first with a, with a good weekend. Uh, Leinster on uh, Friday night had a massive win against Glasgow, another bonus point win. Um, we got a try coming up here from Hugo Keenan. Glasgow trying to repel it. But they're coming in waves. Opportunity perhaps here for Lowe, he gets the ball on, and Hugo Keenan will get the second score of the night for Leinster. Excellent team try here, uh, look out for a really good offload from James Lowe in the build-up. What do you make of Leinster, guys? They're just so dominant, man. It doesn't matter who's wearing the Leinster jersey, just every single player is incredible, and I just can't see them being beaten at all this year. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I completely agree. I, every time you, you talk about Leinster, it's the collisions they win, it's the physicality, but... It's their decision making under pressure. I, th- I think it's just the, the pitch them at a different level. Um, they make smart decisions, and as you mentioned, like all the combinations, no matter what age they are, they're chucked in, and they do well and smash it. So it was, it was yeah. a cracking game of rugby to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Such a high tempo match, like the speed of the ball, and like, especially from the rock as well. They just both teams just wanted to play and keep the momentum going. It was just always, always going. I don't think I actually got a. Um, a break until the 33 minute yeah. into the match they had a water break then and you could just see yeah. they were all gasping for it because um, it was just so um, fast paced what do you think of this empty try here lads on 38 minutes to try just before half time to got it back into it I mean, it was a cheeky little try wasn't it it looks yeah. like he's still bound to that ruck like that probably shouldn't have been a try should it yeah I think the ref is on the far side of the ruck so he might not have had a proper look um, but he got away with it so I'm sure rules change every blooming week at the moment so who knows what <laughs> yeah. it is that's right, so you get away with a few you, know what, you, day, yeah, you take those when you get them but no I think at the moment it is at, he's part of the rock so it shouldn't have been yeah. allowed but yeah. I think um, look, the scoreline in general I think really flattered Glasgow as well like that's the scary thing that, mm-hmm. that Leinster um, yeah they shouldn't like, Glasgow I think scored twice whenever Leinster had their yellow cards and um, you know it could have got been more for Leinster it and it's away from home in Glasgow a, a really strong Glasgow team as well so um, yeah it's it's scary to think that that's how, how good they are at the moment yeah. and yeah. if they can keep that consistency yeah. Like, Greg, it's, which team is going to beat them you know? I can't see them being beaten and then their attitude as well you see this uh, turnover there by Reese Ruddock and they're all running in and cheering yeah. and delighted and they're like 20 points up so. yeah. 7 minutes ago like, and they're going crazy because of a turnover like, this, yeah. it's just goes to show like, they're really big under D this year like, and it's something they're, they're trying to improve on and something that they're looking at this. Yeah. we'll bring them into Europe and bring them beyond you know, but like they do, they look absolutely unbeatable. But. They do, of course. And another uh, good win the weekend for Scarlets. Well, not another one. They actually their first win now after in three weeks after getting beaten by Munster, and they got beaten by Leinster as well. Well beaten. Yeah, last yeah. and then they came out and they got their much needed win against Benetton, thirty four twenty eight. I think it was. Yeah, thirty four twenty eight. Yeah. Yeah, so good to see Scarlets getting a win. Um, a good performance there. Yeah, Scott Williams actually in particular was brilliant. He was superb. Um, it's a shame that he's been left out of the. The Welsh squad, he was discarded from them. So, did, yeah. what do you think of him as a player? Yeah, he's been unlucky. Like, he's been really good like for the last couple of years. I know he's, he's had a lot of injuries, like, but he's a serious player when he gets going. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, 
oh, geez, the, the depth of, of the Welsh team in the centres as well, it just shows you. But I always um, never enjoy playing against them. He's a tidy, play, tidy, <laughs> yeah. tidy yeah. player, you know. Yeah, yeah. We can on to the big game in the weekend anyway, lads. I mean, uh, to give one year what, we can't stop talking about Connor versus Ulster. I mean, I don't think you're uh, too impressed with the defeat. Like, I mean, coming out four bonus point wins, but you can't take away from Connacht. They were incredible. Yeah. No, and I think, like, from a Connacht perspective, it, it sounds like it was definitely coming. They've had a bit of bad luck of, of the last few weeks. And, and Ulster, um, have they really been tested? There's a lot of home games for them at the start of the season. So this was their first big test. It looked like Connacht really had a chip on their shoulder. And, um, you know, it showed. I think you know, all the week there was talk of... What's the capacity going to be like in the Viva? There was a lot of outside noise. I think um, Kieran Marmy and I think um, put it out there saying you know a lot of talk about Neil Do- or Nathan Doke. Obviously yeah. he's been fantastic, but Kieran Marmy put the point and said, "Well, let's see how you go on the big stage." Now Nathan Doke had a, fanta- a super game wasn't poor, but it did show that um, the Ulster team is a young. There's mm-hmm. a lot of new faces. This was a big, big interpro game, and unfortunately, it was it was Connacht that that, that really deserved yeah. to win. There's no there's no bones about it, you know. Connacht do a really good last half defensive job, and there's a little bit of afters. The aggression from Connacht was um, really superb, wasn't it? Like they like you said, they had a chip on their shoulder. They were annoyed after last week, mm. but also really kind of found it difficult to get some momentum getting in the game. They just didn't seem to. Yeah. They're always on the back foot. We've got Murray Troy coming here the first try. I mean, this is this is the second roll out in the break here. Rick. He did really well to finish here. Great really finish. well to finish here. Yeah, it was a fantastic offload as well to get the pass away and the tackle. You were hitting the front line. Um, and yeah, I think Ulster, like, like there's, there's moments in games, uh, and that was a big, big moment for them to break through. To, to, and it was a fantastic finish. So in my day, second rows weren't able to do that. So um, obviously a young, young lad there too, taking it really well. So um, you said it, the niggle, it was every opportunity. It was very stop-start at times. Um, Andrew Brace as well, it was a difficult game to manage because yeah. I think every breakdown, it was just, there could have been penalties both sides. Um, but take away that yeah. I mean it's poor chances, you know yeah poor Billy Burns thrown two intercepts as well obviously makes the scoreline flattering but like the, the Connacht players were just pressing up so much like their attitude in defence was incredible I thought and that's what got them these intercepts um, and that guy Mac, Mac we can't Hansen. stop scoring tries that's wow. I mean, we, we, I'm sick of talking about him on this show every week we've got a, a Mac Hansen and he's been up for try the week I think uh, two, two shows in a row I mean, I mean look we saw the Munster game last week as well they probably should have won that game they were very unlucky in that game do you know, people are looking at, they, oh, they've lost three games this season, they only have one win. The Dragons game, probably, that's the one game they're probably going to look at themselves and go, oh, they really shouldn't have lost that game and mm-hmm. the manner in which they lost. But we can see, but at the same time, if I'm a Connacht fan now, are you not just kind of pulling your hair out going, why can't we play like this every week? It was a great spine to that Connacht team now. Yeah. And, you know, the Irish squad was just announced. Could there have been more Connacht players maybe put in there? Have Ulster won and maybe a few of those 50-50 calls yeah. for the sort of fringe guys? And they've probably, I think... Um, you know, you talk of Boyle, you talk of Malston, Oliver, the back, the back row were outstanding, and mm. um, yeah, like I think they, that all, all that emotional edge obviously matters, and and uh, you and Connor are always going to be dangerous in the interpro. You throw in those extra incentives, extra bite or chip on your shoulders, and 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 we did get, you know, we did mm. unfortunately we did get bullied. Uh, there was a lot of big incidents in the game, wasn't there? There was a lot of big you incidents, know? you know, yeah. and um, like it's just a, got this, the Henderson incident coming up here, like mm. that's a big one thing. That ferocity of the Connacht defence. Heffernan picks the man up. Boyle combines. Yeah, like this is obviously hard to watch as an Ulster fan, but I mean, look, it's 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 dangerous. It's reckless from from Heffernan there taking him up and lifting him up, and then unfortunately Alan O'Connor, who you know would, I mean, I can understand his mindset of your teammates in trouble. You want to help them out, but it is reckless with the with the shoulder. Yeah. 
From Ulster point of view, you see then the Heffernan comes in and pushes Rob Herring and mm. creates that extra. Uh, do you think Herring said something there or something? Do you think something was said? Do you wonder, is he that kind of character? Do you, honestly, I don't think he is. I wouldn't yeah. say that Rob Herring would be. Um, he's quite a cool, calm character. and a, But it just shows you that. Um, you know, another day that could have gone a different way. You know, Valencourt doesn't doesn't hit him. You know, who knows what could have happened there. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just an example of of the dominance, I guess, that that, that Connacht would bring into that yeah. uh, the, the intensity of the line yeah, speed and, yeah. and making a hit. So yeah, disappointing. Yeah. Uh, another intercept as well from Gilgallen. Um, really outstanding here. You read the read the the game really well. Um, to nearly score onto the sticks. You were talking about him before, before we were done, you were saying that he's a pretty much a freak in the gym. Oh, so he came into the sevens team for a few weeks and his scores are off the charts, like his jumping, his speed, like he's one of the best athletes, if not the best athlete I've seen um, in, the la- in the last while. So he's definitely up and coming and I can see him uh, doing this more often every week if it's he just, just gets the game time. They have a lot of good players in their squad, that's the thing, like, just, just putting it all together. A lot There's of serious talent, especially in their back line, they've got backs that can really move and can spread the ball wide and... Guys that can get on the outside and guys that can, you know, yeah. really cause problems. And you have to remember, Bundy Aki wasn't even playing in that game. He's <laughs> pretty the best center in Ireland. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot going on in the sports ground and I think Connacht uh, will be yeah. very good for the rest of the season. It's Connacht all the way and they are going to finish it with an exclamation mark. Away comes Hansen, his second, Connacht's fifth. And that is as emphatic as anyone could have expected from either side there's our pal again Mac Hansen. Chris do you think um, Ulster fans should be a bit worried about the d- performance from yesterday I mean I don't think it's too early to be too concerned I think yeah. that they've had like, black and white is they're still I think the second in the league they've won the games of bonus points has it been pretty no this is just yeah it is, look it is a wake up call probably exactly what the players do need if you're taking a positive spin on it um, I guess it's always that's that worry about you know you're at the big stage getting bullied you know that is it. and I think if maybe perhaps uh not looking for excuses, but I think if maybe a different referee some, uh, on the day, Andy Brace, I think, um, with the, as, as I said, with the breakdown, mm-hmm. Ulster just couldn't get into their flow. They couldn't keep speed. And the other thing was the line-out mall, the mall defence from Connacht, outstanding. Like Ulster mm-hmm. always usually score. Like Ian Henderson, just out of the Rory Best playbook, don't take the threes, we'll go down the line. But they usually scored the moment from the mall tries. I think like Rob Herring and um, Bradley Roberts of most try scorers, I think, in Ulster, we didn't score uh, from them all. Um, the Connacht defence in them all was outstanding. So I think a, a few things, if you can fix that, tweak that, it could have been a different uh, ball game for us. But um, yeah, it's hard to. What a day for me to come on the podcast. <laughs> and it's all doom and gloom for, for us. Because it's Connacht, you know? wasn't it? I mean, like, let's not forget, Ulster were four from four, four bonus points into this game, missing a lot of players in those first few games. Is it just because of the fact that? Not even the scoreline, it just hurts that a little bit more. To, like those provincial games, I presume yeah. when you were playing, they're the ones you really want to win. Yeah, of course, it means an awful, awful lot. That's why I kind of alluded to already about those extra incentives for Connacht. Um, for Ulster point of view, I guess, if you look at black and white, Henderson had a great game, Stuart McCluskey had a good game, but the problem is that when a team stopped those two, then what's the plan B? What's the next step out? And um, yeah, unfortunately, Ulster just couldn't, without, without speed of the ball, um, the rest of the players didn't really get, get a, 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 an opportunity to shine. Like Rob Balakin, we would love to have seen him with the ball in space. Mm. Nick Timney obviously had great news this week about getting the Irish squad. You know, he had a few moments, but let's be honest, the comic back row negated him. So uh, yeah, an Ulster perspective, it is. It's not complete doom and gloom. We'll bounce back, but of yeah, course, it yeah, it's only one game. Like only last week, we were talking about how good Ulster are. So exactly, they just, they just yeah. made a really good Connacht, and uh, Ulster definitely have a, a really good players as well. So look how many of them made the Irish team, young, young fellas in the team there. So um, 
Yeah, Ulster, Ulster are fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up, we had uh, Cardiff Dragons. A very good game here. 31 29, this game finished. Um, the, the big incident in this game, the big talking point was the, the Lilo red card. I don't think you can have too many complaints here, guys. It's uh, He comes in, he's, he's, he's upright, shoulder into the jaw of Sam Davies, and I don't think you can say much. Yeah, it's, it's a red card. but a letter of the law it is pretty bad. It's, it's shoulder is straight into the face, like, and that is a red card. Um, I think Sam Davies made a bit of a meal of it, but <laughs> you don't want to really see that in rugby grabbing his face. But uh, it is—it's not ideal a uh, shoulder into the face like that. Yeah, it's a big collision, and obviously you want to you want to smash the ten on, on the opportunities you can. But uh, yeah, that's reckless. So I don't think he'll have any complaints. Yeah, interesting game. I mean, Dragon scored four tries in that game, and Cardiff only scored two. They just they they, they kicked their penalties like and uh, came away with a good win. But moving on, like it's the part of the. For the first time in the show, we have to move on to once they're finally in the loser section, unfortunately. And rightfully so, I think they were very disappointing against Ospreys last night. Very disappointing. Yeah, they, they didn't show up at all, really, did they, Munster? But, like, they they had a few changes in the team, and I don't know, they just never really got, got going. What did you make for Chris? Yeah, I think like, the penalty kind of obviously didn't help them, too. Um, you know, sort of uh, sloppy errors that you know, sort of been haven't seen as much with mm. Munster of late. Um, my own perspective, I guess, uh, yeah, like, it was always going to be, like, Tag Burn going to go at six. It was great to see the Lions players come back in. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it was just so much rotation for the Munster side, which I was surprised about. You know, I think, mm. like, when a team has momentum, you yeah. kind of want to give some players a run of yeah. a run of games. And Jack Crowley. Has he seen some green space? Oh, that's a gem. An absolute gem of a 50-22. Dude, Jack Crowley there, like, coming in, like, it is kicked there. Like, I mean, Jack Crowley... He's, he's a guy we don't know much about and like, how many tens of Munster started this year? Do you know what I mean? Like, And Crowley's a guy, I mean, that's an interesting one myself and Greg were chatting about last night. Ron Nogar actually tried to sign him last January for La Rochelle. So he's obviously pretty highly... Yeah, if he, if he you know, If they're one of the best yeah. tens they've ever played the game, who's, who's now one of the best coaches in the game, is looking to sign this 21-year-old. It's, it's, he's he obviously is, yeah. he's highly rated. When you him in the game, he was a brilliant tackler. Yeah. Like he yeah. made his first, his first up tackles every time. Yeah. It was it was really great. He's highly regarded. Yeah, he started really well. He was nice little kicks in behind. Mm-hmm. He had a really nice 50-22 at one stage. Mm-hmm. But he's highly regarded in, in Irish rugby. Like Ronan O'Gara, obviously he's Cork man. Jack Crowley's a Cork yeah. man. So I think there was a couple <laughs> of phone calls trying to pull him over to La Rochelle. Oh but uh, Jack wanted to play for Munster and he stuck around and he, he said no to the supposed offer and um, he actually was in the sevens team for a while he, play, he got a few caps and he, he was incredible there his ball skills so I said Joey Carvey you want to watch his heels Jack Crowley coming up behind him as well yeah, yeah. I think this try might be chalked off what do you, what do you think Shane I, th- I think who's in front is it Lochman Instruction. Lochman or John Ryan to the shift there's players in front of the ball I think once we had a, a disallowed try earlier on as well by a uh, nice scan that could have went either way. Um, I remember I looking at it and I thought he was complaining about Lockburn, but it's actually John Ryan that is ahead of Burn here coming into this. And it's so annoying because it's such a beautifully well-executed line-out. It's almost picture-perfect. And uh, I think if they'd scored that, like, you know, once to get the momentum 15 minutes in, probably a good chance that they're, they're going to go on to win that game. But head's going to drop after that and... I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed anyway. It was a messy performance, a little bit by Monster, wasn't it? At times. Yeah, I think I agree with that too. And um, yeah, I mean, look, I laugh at this with the backs coming in. I was, that's one of the things I really miss about rugby. Whenever you know they've obviously planned that, haven't they? During the way, yeah. the backs get in and do them all. And yeah, yeah it's just a fortune that, that didn't work. And they're, they're pivotal. They're small moments of games, but yeah. big outcomes, you know. And if they, if, you know, if that, as you said, if that, if that try happens, 
the whole momentum changes and, yeah. and who knows what could happen. They've so got to be winning those games at the end of the day. Like, I mean, uh, they started the season really well. I, I'm not trying to take away from Ospreys, but, you know, look at even Munster's bench there. They had like Damien Delinda coming off the bench, Conor Murray, Ben Healy. They had the likes of Peter Manny in there starting, Ty Byrne in there starting. They're all British and Irish Lions and Springboks. Ospreys yeah. didn't exactly have a superstar team out. Like, the other games, if Munster really want to kick on and not just be you know, the second best to Leinster and kick on. They need to win those games. They really do. Of course, yeah. And you don't want to be bringing on a long-range kicker to try and get a losing bonus point at the end of a game. Yeah. Like, that's not Munster. Do you know what I mean? Munster win these games. So, hopefully it was just a kind of a down week for them. They can pick it back up again. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lovely uh, mall here from uh, Munster. They do, because everyone is flying in. Where's that ball? Reese Davis has got to be careful not swimming through there. I think Munster are going for this. Just Andrew Conway left on his own. Where is that ball? Where is it? Who's got it? It's Craig Casey got it. I think he has. And he's on the deck. Craig Casey did the honours by getting, getting the try. I think it's a bit unfair. The uh, forwards do all the hard work and then he gets that try at the end. <laughs> I, thought, I thought like after this like, they were going to kick on, but they just didn't for some reason, which kind of was bizarre, to be honest with you. Well, you know every back, every back has hit this thinks so that they've created that try, right? Yeah, yeah. That was my win, yeah. So, um, I'm delighted. Yeah. No, it was a really good team try. You can see everybody coming off the back line, running in to give them a give them the push. So it just shows how much it means to them as well. Yeah. Getting over that line. But... Um, Ospreys were, you know, brilliant. They, they really, um, I think they're, they're growing each week with confidence. And you can see mm. that, you know, they, they were missing a lot of their international players. And um, they, they performed week, yeah. really well. Yeah. You yeah, know? Of course, yeah. Myler kicked very well as well. Mm. That was like a really big difference. He was just yep. getting his kicks. And he's yeah. always a very good player for, for Ospreys. So can't take it away from them, as mm. you're saying, yep. Megan. They were very good. Interesting one there as well. Uh, Jack Regan from Offaly came off the bench for, uh, for Ospreys. Yeah, big Rego, yeah. No, it's amazing. He's had some journey. Um, from leaving Ulster I uh, my last couple of years with Ulster when I probably wasn't getting the team as much I would have spent a good bit of time with, with Jack um, with, in the gym and if I played a few A games and things and I have to say like top top guy um, and his journey um, going to the Highlanders and I think it was Otago and then yeah, um, yeah coming over to Ospreys now it's amazing for him and he is a, a fantastic player what I always loved was his, uh, his line out the way he was able to run the line out was brilliant for such a young kid and I was able to throw himself in there so I'd expect him to hopefully have a, yeah. you know, a long career at Ospreys hopefully now they've given exactly. him an opportunity to really impose himself you know I, so. I love players with that attitude as well like a lot of guys kind of think okay if I don't make it with my province or if one of the other provinces aren't interested in me that's it I'll just give up now and I'll go get a job somewhere else but he was like no I, I know I can make it and he went there literally travelled the world in search of contracts and now he's back with a top team with a contract he just didn't give up or a lot of guys do give up unfortunately because they feel like oh, if I'm not going to make it in the more provinces I'm not going to yeah. bother travelling to the other side of the world trying to get a contract such small margins you know it's, it's, you need a coach to you know, you need to do the right thing at the right time be injury free for a coach to give you your backing and I know he I think he suffered a lot of um, niggly injuries yeah. and I think he's in a good place now so I would say I'd be surprised if we don't hear you know a lot more um, from Jack Regan over the over the rest of the season could be a tight burn kind of case like where he might kick on here like and get pulled back over and could be in an Irish squad like and probably yeah. know, you know what I mean like it's very common to happen with Chris Farrell as well he was in Grenoble and then yeah. he, they pulled him back to Ireland so Jack Regan keeps playing like that he'll probably get pulled back at some stage excellent excellent Look, moving yeah. on guys to uh, poor Zebra rock bottom of the standings now they uh, lost 27-10 to, to, to Edinburgh at home um, they, yeah. they haven't really shown much this season have they to be honest no they're not going well Zebra at home as well they got a big beating off Edinburgh and I think they only have yeah, as you said one point off five games it's, it's not ideal for them especially with Benetton Treviso doing so well it just doesn't look good for Zebra um, so hopefully now they, they kind of pick it back up because one point after five games isn't good for them yeah definitely 
We're on no. to the try of the week, guys. Yes, let's do it. Um, so nominations for try of the weekend. He's got Blackett on his shoulder. What a score this is going to be for the Scarlets. Turnover ball, loose ball. Look out, Benetton. First up, we have Dane Blacker for the Scarlets. Oh, yes, this is a great, really good team try here. It was a very good team try. Scarlet, Scarlet, just is this the second or third time Scarlet have been nominated for a try of the week? Like they love a good team try, don't they? <laughs> Dude, this is like sevens here throwing the ball around. Yeah, for an offload. Scott, Scott Williams, as you were mentioning earlier, like that's a look at that for a run. Yeah, yeah. scrum half running. That idea scrum half line straight up the middle of the pitch. He actually scores a second one in this game, very similar. Chris, would you remember back in the day when you were playing? Um, you know, would you be throwing around the ball as much as they are in this clip? Well, no, you see, I would be the one who made the, turn- <laughs> made the turnover and was still getting up by the time the try was scored. So it shows you, I mean, the modern game now, turnover, yeah. turnover ball is just yeah. massive, you know, and that's why this try yeah. scored. It was a sloppy mistake and, and the, the ball was passed too quick. passes. So, want to run in Keller, show you, let's look at the way you see Keller step the end of this. Like, and he's got Keller dancing down the touchline. One big fan from the hooker. He's almost there. First of all, it's, it's some lovely offloads here from Leinster, but I can't get over Keller's step at the end. It's even better from the other angle. He's just so dangerous with the ball in hand, isn't he? Um, you, you just mistake him for a back. Very okay. dynamic, yeah. Yeah, he, really agile. I'd argue say he's the best hooker in, mm. in Ireland at the moment, being able to do stuff like this. Handing off the other hooker and then switching the ball. You see that? He switched the hands. It's the balance. Which is like some wingers don't even do that international uh, levels. And outside of his porch, and he's got gas. Oh, what a finish! What a finish. Oh, this is Porchy's try. This is another great team try. To finish by Porch here, I think uh, anyone that's played in the wing, I mean, like you've all played on the wing, guys. I mean, this is, an, this is a tough finish here. He does really well here. He does do really well. But Mike Larry, I don't know what he's doing turning his hips in. Yeah. Like the, you just you keep your hips up the pitch, and that's what. Getting the space, but it's still an incredible finish. I think it was difficult here. Um, Ethan McElroy sort of gets maybe a bit lost, and, and Larry's a bit. Yeah, you know, two minds about something as yeah, well. He's so a two on one there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. To get to score a try off first phase like that, it's, it's tough, tough to watch from yeah. my perspective. Yeah. <laughs> first phase try, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. To no, watch. That's, like, that's three very different tries. I mean, you've got the Scarlet's try that's really well worked team try. You've got the Keller one, which is well worked, but it's more. Individual. It's, it's a hooker stepping mm. like a minute short like Bessie wasn't, wasn't stepping like that back in the day like has he even <laughs> no, no sure. it was, it was at, at the end of the career it was hookers and sevens were told right you have to stay on the wing channel so I'm going <laughs> oh no please don't keep me in the middle <laughs> well I know and then like Porch then I suppose that's the kind of technical try like I know you can give all about Lowry and stuff but like, yeah. that's a real winger's finish yeah. it was, I'm torn I'm torn it's an incredible set piece move I'm going to vote for that one I think as a set piece oh, move but yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go for the Scarlets I think it's great watching them keeping the ball alive just keeping the momentum going and I love a good offload so I'm going to go for that one okay. I'm going to pick Keller <laughs> okay so I would be very much I, the Scarlets that says team tries great yeah. but I have to say Keller to do that is yeah. I mean, you I think other weeks you've given team tries. Let's yeah. give it to someone who's that. That is. Let's give a bit of uh, individual individual brain, thing yeah. for a hooker to do. So I think, um, yeah, we've got to give it to, to Keller. Sounds mm-hmm. good. Let's yeah. okay. Bam, guys. So we move on to the uh, the small matter of Andy Farrell's autumn nation series squad. Here's all, here's Andy here. Um, nothing too massively surprising if we look at the squad. Obviously, I suppose. The standouts in the backs, obviously, Simon Zemo coming back in. It's first time in the squad since June 2017. Um, I think that was always going to come. It's simply the fact that like the deal to bring him back to, from Racing to Munster was actually partly funded by the RFU. So I think he was always going to be in Andy Farrell's plans. And he's playing well this year. Um, James Lowe is back in the squad again. I know he's been in and out. I mean, we all, we've all kind of uh, 
brought attention to the fact that he's not the best in defence. It's an area he needs to work on. So that's something that's going to, we're going to keep a close eye on this year. Uh, Kieran Frawley brought in from Leinster uncapped as a guy that started off as a 10, bulked up and is now playing 12. So maybe he could be using it, that dual playmaker role. Um, looking at Spalacoon is in the squad. Um, James yeah. Hume is someone we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks that we're hoping to get in but is back in the squad again after impressing in the summer. He's been excellent for Ulster this year. Um, looking into the forwards, Nick Timoney, great to see him in there. I mean, I think he's been scoring tries for fun this year. Absolutely, try scoring machine, but as we all expect him to be in there, but you know yourself, given the depth that's in the back row, he very, very easily could have missed out. And, yeah. uh, do you know, well, uh, Dan Sheehan's another big one. What do you think, guys? It's great to see Jack Ireland in the, in the squad um, after coming back from the Lions, you know, they were saying that he needs to come in now and absolutely own that jersey, you know, go in with a little bit of je ne sais I suppose, you know, maybe not in an arrogant way, but, you know, confident because, you know, he's kind of been playing on the back foot in the, in the Irish jersey before, but he needs to be confident and own yeah. that. What do you yeah, think of I that, think Chris? He, I, I think he, like, he as a place. massive, he's so important for Ireland now. So I think um, like the, the decision in the back row with Jimmy Heaslip, I still, you can you compare Jack Cohn and Jimmy Heaslip? No, you can't yet. But mm. if Jack Cohn gets a proper run of international rugby with the best players around him, there's no reason why. Like Jimmy Heaslip has been consistent for so long, dominated the number eight shirt, and now it's Jack Cohn's turn to, to take it on. And they are similar in regards to that. You know, there's games where you probably don't actually notice them just as much. The big carries are, are sort of given, but Jimmy Heaslip never made a mistake. Very rarely give away a penalty. It was just a, like a high, really high level of consistency every game. Mm. Jack Conan, you can sort of see the similarity. So mm. I think, um, like, there's all these decisions, of course, about the back row and all the combinations, but Jack Conan, I think, has got a massive part to play in, in Ireland now for, well, for the next few seasons, but therefore just taking autumn in its own context. Yeah. Like, and CJ Sanders gone as well. And I suppose he made um, a star start started for the Lions in most of the matches, didn't he? Jack so, yeah, yeah. 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 Started every game. He is yeah. the man, like he's he's the Definitely. best number eight. In- You've got Doris and Coombs there as well. It's crazy to think that a guy can start three tests for the Lions and not be guaranteed to start for Ireland because the competition there is that tough. Yeah, yeah. and it's and Farrell, I think, has the the strength of card to, to, he would make that big ballsy Rarsons. call if he doesn't feel it's right you know so yeah. if you were um, to pick Chris your, your back uh, your back row for the Irish team who would you be? Oh, good question so um, I mean it's really it's a difficult answer isn't it? but I, I mean I'm going to be biased because I feel that with Ireland play well it's it's the speed of so for Irish backline and the forwards to get their carries they need speed of rock yeah. so for me I think Van der Flyer never, never has let Ireland down yeah. when, he, when he's taken out even the Leinster team and he's thrown back in always performs and I personally mm. think that um, for him to start at seven I think Ireland get the best of the whole team okay. so I would have him at seven I think Stander has to be at eight and then it's a decision the Stander's gone now sorry Conan has to yeah. Conan has yeah. to be the eight and then it's about the six and if I was making the call I'd Depending on the lineout that we need, mm-hmm. I think Tag Burn is not like mm-hmm. he was a reason why he was on the Lions because he He's was incredible, incredible player, turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. And as we talked about, the turnover ball now is so important. And then Kiel Norris has to be, you know, and, and I'm not going to forget about Peter Manny because Peter Manny has delivered so many times and leadership is going to be important too because there's so many youngsters. So having Peter around and on the bench might be a yeah. fantastic thing too. But I know it's probably not. That's not the answer. Easy I, answer. Actually, I, actually, yeah. I wanted to go, I spoke about the back row, but I actually want to talk about you know, the back three. You know, I'm really interested in being a winger. You know, you have Zebo back. Chuck you know, him he in. Been Chuck in the, Zebo he has, in. Yeah, Come he has on, been in the jersey there, yeah. since yeah. 2017. Yeah. So it's great to see him back. So there is talks, um, you know, the other, the other guys coming through, they've got a lot more pace. They work a lot harder in the games. 
Yeah, you, well, Keenan, you know, Keenan will definitely be in the 15 jersey. Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Too consistent. He plays yeah. every week for Leinster, he plays really well every week for Leinster. Yeah. So it's the two wingers. I'd put yeah. Zebo in myself because I just think Zebo's exciting. He's going to bring a bit of flair to the back line. Yeah. And then I actually don't know who'd be on there. Zebo and Earls, I suppose, get, to, get the team back, get the band back together. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It'll be Conor Murray, Earls, Peter Mahoney, and Zebo. That's a dangerous combination, even in the crack around the, the team, right? So, uh, yeah, <laughs> like that's going to bring something too. You know, they're, they're a dangerous group to be together. Yeah. The Mafia, definitely. I think they call themselves, right? So, <laughs> that's it, yeah. The, yeah. the Mafia, it's yeah. Mar- Murray and Zebo yeah, and the lads. And the exactly. But, yeah. uh, oh, it's good to see him get back in. And it's, it's good, to, it's, as you said there, like you've got Balakoon there as well you've got James Lowe you've got Andrew Conway mm-hmm. it's it's good to be saying we don't know we, we can't pick a squad like, there was for a long time for too many years with Ireland it was, the squad literally picked itself the team the, sorry not the, the actual starting 15 picked itself mm-hmm. and now it's impossible which mm-hmm. is a sign of Ireland approving and getting better depth and I love that there's so many young fellas in the squad yes. as well. I know it's a 38 man squad but there's so many young guys coming through like you have your Caelan Doris your Nick Timney's 25 you have Balakun as you mentioned yep. there like Dan Sheehan coming in Dan she- like there's so many young fellas and then there's so many guys still have provinces that haven't even got called mm-hmm. in that could have so Irish rugby's in a great place and I'm really interested to see how they get on the next Very couple exciting. of games there's no easy game like you know, yeah. there's no, this autumn there's no easy game Japan you know, Argentina so that's where it'd be so interesting to see how are they going to rotate yeah. as much as what we maybe expect them to can they rotate if it's yeah, a bad yeah. start do they do they have to get, go out every week the one who, one player who I have no doubt and who's going to have an unbelievable autumn is, is Johnny Sexton surely mm. yeah. after his not getting in the lines um, yeah. so much talk well, who's, who's after Johnny who's after Johnny knowing Johnny Johnny is sitting in a home and cannot wait mm. to just again prove everyone he knows playing against the All Blacks as well, another yeah. another boy at the All Blacks. Yeah. You know? Are you surprised, Chris, that um, Cobry got selected? Truthfully, I haven't seen enough of him playing mm. since he's been back. Um, but look, he's I've seen him when he's at his best, and I think like you've got to probably stick with him, and then it's about working out who's after that. Um, you know, Jack Cardi, Billy Burns, uh, Burn Harry Brother. Burns in there now. Yeah, well, ha- like Harry and, and uh, Brilliant. So it's just about. Someone just has to go and unfortunately grab it and, and take it. No one has, unfortunately. That's the problem. Exactly, yeah. That's, that's the problem. Johnny's only playing at least mid 40s at this stage where things are going. Yeah. <laughs> and he's playing better than ever, nearly. He's incredible. And he, yeah. but he plays better when he get, makes the next step up with Ireland, too, with the better players around him. And that, you know, the big, um, you know, the, the, when the pressure's really on him. Yeah. And he's got a chip on his shoulder and. So yeah, it's going I presume to be... they're going to pinpoint the New Zealand game as well for, as the main as the main game and oh, like yeah. try out the other out halves maybe against Japan yeah. and then the, the other picture. against Japan. Well, that's the well, thing. That's try out like, yeah. against Japan, you know. Yeah. Beat us in so, the World Cup, like you know, Japan so, are Like you can rotate your back row and you can rotate your um, you know, your back three, but can you really rotate? Because okay. you have to have someone to control the game, mm. and obviously we know Sexton does that really well, and that's where we've kind of seen Jerry yeah. Carberry fall a little bit short. Is mm. that kind of control? of the match making those right decisions confidence might be a little bit of a, a thing for him but sure I think it's beyond the window I mean what's the point in starting Johnny Sexton against Japan and, and you win and like I know it's all great like, but What's would you rather like, would you yeah. rather lose that game by a couple of points and have Joey Carby play really well and come on or have, have Harry Byrne come on and Give him that. Give him that. That time. Give him that time in that test window. I can, you know what I mean. I know you want to win games. At the you end lose of the day. before the All Blacks. You know, if you get a win, then it's you know, it's tough. It's hard decisions. Yeah. But poor Johnny, he's going to be around forever. Yeah. Like he has to bow out at some stage. If you played against All Blacks, have you? Uh, so I played against the All Blacks once, and yeah. um, it was uh, we got beaten record points, sixty points three. Oh, that game. But oh, um, no. but but so the context of that was my first cap um, was two years before that. Yeah. So I was on the bench in that last test. So we lost the game 60 points to three. I played, I think it was 12 minutes. We're all the change rooms. Obviously, everyone's devastated, but I'm in the corner 
going Delo- finally not a one cap wonder I'm off <laughs> one cap wonder so I'm like yes so um, yeah it was a bad day for Irish rugby but it was my second cap yeah. having we, we had a two years a long two years so I was like yep I'll take I'll take any cap to get me off not the one cap wonder New Zealand are still at it like I watched the match last night and I tuned in and at half time I think they were winning 68-14 against USA yeah. so they're still clocking up those points even now to this day yeah. you know I just wonder yeah, they they'll score, do the same against they scored Ireland, over 100 yeah. points yeah, against USA and USA wow. are a decent outfit I know they've probably dropped off a little bit in the mm. last couple of seasons but like New Zealand come, like they're going to be out for Ireland as well mm. that's always a massive game so I'm really looking forward to that one yep, yeah definitely tough. and speaking of um, Irish rugby the women's uh, team is after changing coach haven't yes, they Megan I was just going to say um, Adam Griggs he's been part of the squad the last three years three or four years and he announced his, um, he's moving away last week and uh, Mick Williams is taking over. He actually was one of the coaches for when the women went to the World Cup back in 2014. He was an assistant coach um, at the time and they obviously got through to the semi-final. So it's a big loss, obviously, for Adam, you know, moving on. But it's great to see a fresh face, you know, with some experience with the women's team before coming into the squad. Mm. What, have you done much about? Have you have you looked following the women's side? Yeah, uh, like, obviously, there's been like some great highs and, and now the lows of the World Cup. But I think, you know, from a player perspective, sometimes when you've taken, it's taken. Obviously, I'm sure the players. It's been such a emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. of not making the big stage that yes. they've gone. Actually, a change up can be a good thing moving forward. And um, yeah, it's hard like to be any professional coach nowadays. Mm-hmm. No matter who you're coaching, like what coach really stays that long. You know, so mm-hmm. is it really hard, I guess? Um, but I think from the women's players' perspective, I guess it's, it's probably refreshing to mm-hmm. change up. I, I mean, yeah, you know, I would agree with you, yeah. yeah. Timing is right, like, you know, isn't it? Timing is right, like, after losing that uh, rugby cup qualifier. Mm-hmm. And a big blow that's moved, yeah. pack, park it and move forward as quickly yeah. as possible. Yeah. And, yeah. So. Now, have you been talking to the girls at all, Megan? What did they think of it? Um, I haven't actually spoken to too many about it. Actually, it's quite a surprise to a lot of us as well. You yeah. know, it was really out of the blue that he came on to Skype and um, announced he's, re- he's, he's moving away. So I haven't had a chance to really um, speak to them about it now. Yeah. But, um, well, hopefully the change-up now does help uh, Irish women to, to get to the places where they deserve to be, like the World Cups and the, and the big tournaments. So yeah. uh, sad for Adam Griggs, but it's, it's exciting for Irish rugby. And he's, yeah, and he's not leaving immediately, right? Is that, or is that incorrect? Yeah, you're right. He's actually leaving after the, the, the Autumn Internationals. Uh, the girls are playing Japan and USA. So, so he gets a send-off too, yeah, which that's is a nice it. way. Yeah. It'll be good matches for the girls. Excellent. Very Definitely. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so now, Chris, we actually went out to social media and asked him to get some questions for you. And there's some really good ones. <laughs> um, so if you're, if you're ready, Jason, the best part of the show. I mean, I'm not ready, but go. go. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've got uh, Max Porter. Uh, he was wondering, are you available to play against Highfield this weekend? <laughs> do you know Max? Do you? I do know Max Porter very well from the Rugby Club. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not available, but if I was, I'd be taking his position because he's a back rower. So I'm surprised he sent that one, not sent that one in. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not going down to play a, play a game in Cork? No, I, I mean, not for it. I would love to play just for the bus trip home, but um, no, I'll, I'll skip this week, I think. Do you have an itch to play at all anymore? Would you like to get back in for at least a game anywhere? Um, so I've played a few charity games since I've retired. And honestly, it's, you, before you think, oh gosh, I'm feeling good here, I might play well. And then you, the realisation hits and you're like, no, I'm so, I'm so ready to retire. So no, I think um, unfortunately my, that's my playing days properly hung up you, you, say, that that now, you yeah. say that now you'll get the itch you'll get the itch <laughs> yeah well Gareth Morrow was asking who was the toughest player you've ever played against um, so toughest player there's a lot of tough players I've played against over the years um, 
the obvious ones, like Paul Connolly was always one I always said I loved that I was able to play with the man against mm. him. It was so tough. Like he was able to just, oh, wow. no matter what, would, no matter what was happening, the game was always off his or up on his feet. Um, so he was a tough, tough player. The other player that I always think is toughest was Nick Williams. And again, someone else who I was able to play with against. Yeah. Oh, I was um, just going to ask actually who was the toughest player you played with? Well, sorry, answer the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he, 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 he was a real tough man and um, typical Mary, you know, um, whenever we were, I was playing with him, mm. you know, Nick would uh, you know, make a massive hit and then you wouldn't see him for maybe, you know, seven, eight minutes and I'd be hitting all his rocks and the next <laughs> minute, boom, he'd smash someone else again. So he was amazing to play with. And then I remember playing against him for Ulster. I think he was like, when he was in Italy, so it might have been Aroni maybe at the time. Yeah. And um, it was Willie Falloon, myself and the flankers. I remember all week we talked about, right, let's just double tackle Nick. Let's make sure he doesn't get the offloads away. And I think he made about eight offloads whenever both of us were on him every time. You know, you think you've lost Huge him up, man but, like his Oh, name. the hits were just ridiculous. So, um, yeah, great, great guy to have in your team. Not, not to play against. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, our next question comes from Peter Juan is his name. And he writes... Always thought you were clued in on the rules nearly more than anyone, which is a nice compliment. Were you 100% certain your try against the Ospreys was legal when you somehow dotted it down? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I always loved that try. Um, I did, I knew, I just knew that that was the rules. As soon as the ball went behind the try line, it was it was free game. So um, it wasn't like I was purposely looking for that, but I did know that was one of the rules that was allowed. And I think we got a bonus point from that try and... It was always one of my you know, ones when I look back and go, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, it yeah. Was a bit, uh, I didn't score many for for um, for Ulster, obviously, less at the back of them all. So that was a, that was a nice retry. Did you kind of make a point of learning the like small rules of the game, the ones that people would know, or you just, just happened not, to no, know? No, not, not overly. I mean, look, the way the game went as well, we were for every preseason, it was a change. It used to drive me mad. They used to change the rules so much. Every preseason, they get a referee in, yep. the big talk. And like, you know, the rugby, the core game is, you, you can focus too much on one thing and, I mean, the, the, yes, the, you want to uh, develop the game moving forward, but for me, it was my, you knew the basics of the game, so it wasn't, mm. um, I wasn't a complete rugby nerd, if that's what you're asking yeah. about the rules, you know, it certainly wasn't. Yeah, exactly. And even, yeah. even whenever, I, I I was very, very very rarely captain of the team, but when I was, it was usually when Rory was injured, and they'd always freak out going, hold on here, I need to check up a wee bit, you know, in case an incident <laughs> happened, and there wasn't um, as much TMO even at the start of my career and things, mm. and um, I'm glad I'm not, I would have, I'd be worried about doing that sort of role now because yeah. there's just so much changes. I was going to ask you, what do you think of all the rules changes and the new uh, features in the rugby nowadays? Um, I mean, look, I'm not playing it, so I don't know. But as a player, I, I do think I would be frustrated. There's so much changing every season. Yeah. You learn one thing. The big thing that ruined my career, sure, was the choke tackle. You know, the rules are a choke tackle. Yeah. Oh, here we go. That's me out of the game now. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's part yeah. of it. You want to make the game safer. You want to make the game, yeah. you know, that, any rule that makes the game safer, of course, you're all for it and um, faster and I think the big one um, from my perspective is the the substitution thing maybe is something that I think should be addressed about bringing your impact subs on mm. you know um, front row players now are trained just to be able to do 30 minutes or 40 yeah. minutes and I think that um, from my perspective to be able to keep players on the pitch where there's more space than the game might be something okay. where you only make those substitutions through a, a valid injury yeah. would be something I think would be good for the game safer for the game but Little John uh, over on Instagram, he wants to know your thoughts on Andy Farrell's progress. Like, and, you know, basically, if you think he's the right guy for the job and if he's actually made progress since he came in. Well, the only, I do, I think he's definitely the right man for the job at the moment. I think that 
the only thing I can relay is the conversations I've had with current players who are with him. Um, I I've, I was very much on the way out whenever he was coming in. I had a few conversations with him and, and most importantly, he seemed like a really, really good guy. And if you have a good coach that you actually respect and want to play for, he definitely, the feeling is that he's not as um, you know real detailed as what Joe was, but he's certainly getting you know the best out of his team. And um, yeah, I think... I think this will be a really exciting lead into the World Cup with with him and to see where we go from because he's look, he's got the pedigree he's you know mm. coached the top he's you know um, he's coached the Lions he's been around some really good players so he's got a good squad as well yeah he's got a great squad mm. so yeah I like that he's bringing in you know the new blood as well and making the the ballsy calls so yeah that's yeah. it you need someone to sign afraid to make those calls so it's yeah. always a good sign isn't it yeah. giving people a chance yeah, like yeah exactly yeah. Um, Chris this one's about your accent Cormac McLenz would like to know if you were born with the BT9 accent or was it forged in the trenches I hope he is <laughs> so, I don't know where's BT9 so BT9 for your other viewers from not for Northern Ireland is like a posh D4 accent I don't <laughs> understand why he's thinking that um, I mean I grew up in the countryside so I don't have a Balamina accent but I think um, I've had to speak people teammates have to understand what you're trying to say right so <laughs> but I, look I'm from a lone rugby club he spelled fast so I don't think I have a posh accent but thanks Cormac lovely question <laughs> yeah. cheers for that cheers yeah. <laughs> and another question we got in is uh, someone was wondering do you have any career regrets I know that might be a, a weird question but do you look back at anything that you wish you could change about your career are you happy the way it went uh, I don't have too many regrets um, I would love to have won something with Ulster obviously but truthfully um, there wasn't many seasons where we probably deserved to win. Um, one of the years was in the 2000 and I think it was was it 2012 quarter final with Jared and Saracens at home in the quarter final against uh, Saracens with Jared Payne went up for the ball and Alex Good fell yeah. and he got red carded and he was I think it happened in the first like sort of six seven minutes and oh, we, yes. st- we still were very close to winning the game and I do think that maybe that year like we had that was a pack of John Afoa. Rory Best, Tom Court, Johan Muller, and Dan Tui, a front five. Sure, you know, that's a serious, that's the yeah. best uh, Ulster serious front five we ever had, no. probably. Um, and do I think we could have gone on and maybe won that year? Possibly. Mm. Um, so that was a regret in Ulster point of view. In an Irish point of view, no regrets because, I mean, I, I never thought I was going to get one cap for Ireland and I got, you know, a good. 24 caps, so yeah. I was delighted. And I love that. No I got regret. to win. No regrets with like, yeah. a green jersey, you know. Um, so, you had yeah, an amazing I can, career, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was, you know, I look back and go, um, yeah, I'm so lucky to played for one cap for Ulster and then the rest was just. Yeah. It's yeah, a shame but, that your kids yeah. never got to see you play. It is a shame. One year old and two year old. You're a busy man. Yeah, one year old, two year old. But you know what? I look back at some of my um, friends in college who had kids when they were playing, and now I totally understand the amount of complaining they did because to play professional rugby when you have young kids like that is tough going. Mm. And and the the partners having to look after kids, like it's a huge sacrifice. So I don't know. I love my sleep. Um, And I think I would have really struggled if I was playing to have kids. So if I had kids when I was playing. So um, yeah, listen. It's a lovely story, and you have your, your, your jerseys up on the wall and you can tell your kids about it like it's great and you can watch back the videos as well yeah exactly and um, like you think about those jerseys you have the mm. caps you have I've, I guess it's going to be brilliant to be able to pass those on to your, your kids yeah. right so yeah. uh, and yeah, they have seen life. me play a few charity games which they're going to laugh at me and <laughs> if my body doesn't completely fall apart I'll yeah. try to keep doing that throughout the year might see you in the yeah, yeah, playing against Highfield <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> no, never know. but um, <laughs> on the flip side your, your biggest career achievement Oh, 2014 Six Nations uh, win yeah. in the championship. So um, I got to play. It was the first time where I felt that 
Big, well, Sean, only time I really played with Sean Brown was injured, right? That's to be honest. So, um, I never really got to play with Sean that much because yeah. when he was fit, he was obviously a geez, incredible player. Um, but that was the first time where I felt like I was playing probably good enough to, um, get that jersey. You know, yeah. Our times, like I was very much in my career was always m- massive part of my motivation was the, um, the fear of letting people down. You're going, how am I playing with these players? I need to perform yeah. to for so to not let them down. Mm-hmm. And I felt that that's run of Six Nation games. I played every game. Um, the final the final game in, in France and Paris. I mean, that was. Just, I remember that game. That, it was that, absolutely that, was the that was the highlight. You know, without yeah. a doubt. Um, and yeah, like just great to. I think the the, the relief we felt when we won that. Um, yeah, like it was just something else, you know, it was brilliant. It's a good one. Do you keep much memorabilia now from all that kind of stuff? Like we're on about cap stuff. Do you keep programs and stuff? Or obviously, oh. obviously, you have like your medals and whatnot and your caps. And do you keep many jerseys or do you swap many jerseys and frame them and stick them up or whatnot? Uh, no, I have up my attic. I, I've put a lot of stuff away for you know down the line to bring it out. I've got um, my uh, my 150 caps for whenever I get 150 caps at Ulster. Yeah, you get that. Wow. So I've got 150 caps. I've got my Rugby World Cup cap in my own house because that was a big moment for me too because I'd come back from an illness and I'd come okay. back uh, in so second 2014 with a mini stroke and I got back to play in the World yeah, Cup yeah. in 2015 so I kind of at one stage I thought I was retiring I didn't think I was going to get back to play so that was a, a special moment to get in the World mm. Cup so I've got my two caps for that mm-hmm. the rest of my stuff like I've still got my Irish schools cap my Irish sevens cap uh, which I know you're surprised I did play sevens <laughs> you know my first Irish cap I actually still have at my mum's house out in the countryside mm-hmm. you know keep it there because they were a massive part of my journey yeah you know my folks my family so they've got that at the moment um, so I don't I don't like to put up too much stuff in the but house, it's nice to keep it as well like and you're going to use it at some stage have it oh, in boxes yeah. and someday it might come out and you go oh surely all grandkids or somebody go do you know what let's get their framed or someone might go look and go find it it gives you a Christmas present yeah exactly <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? um, Chris I just wanted to mention you touched on your sevens career um, you were one of the first players in the sevens men setup, weren't you, at the time you played in the World Cup? Yeah, well, I, I sorry, we qualified for the World oh, Cup, yes. so it wasn't played. But um, yeah, sevens was always a bit like haphazard and was thrown together. And um, the, before I got my first run, uh, first start for Ulster, uh, they kind of just sort of threw guys on that sort of level who weren't going to get game time together and just let them all wing it, really. You know, we didn't know how to play sevens at all, but it was a cracking team. Like we yeah. had, um, you know, Keith Earls, uh, Felix Jones, Ian Keatley, myself, James Coughlin, um, Darren Cave. Uh, Colin McMahon. That's a good team. Yeah. Yeah. But there's guys there, like, you know, we were chatting before the show, and mm. honestly, before the sevens, um, so my, I was always seen as number eight, and then I changed across the open side. And yeah. before, before the sevens, um, I couldn't properly pass off my left hand. Um, defensively, I mean, defensively, it was terrifying as a as a forward because you're so isolated at sevens. You have to, you know, you've got ten meters either side of you. You have to learn how to properly balance yourself and make those tackles. So for me, um, playing sevens was was amazing for my career development. So to see how the game, you know, is different level now, it's unreal. And we 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 got to play in you know a few tournaments. I think it was Denmark, Poland, and Germany. And because of that, we had some, we had a couple of you know important wins against some good sides, and then it got us to. Uh, the World Cup in Dubai that year, where I know the guys got the beat Australia, but my first cap for Ulster was that week, so I couldn't go. And they were all they were staying in Atlantis. They were all sending me photographs of down the water parks and having this time. I go, oh, no, I got to play for Ulster, and my career went on. So yeah. I have no regrets. But it would have been lovely if maybe the timing was a week later where I could have done the sevens and then got my cap. But 
yeah, it was, it was really, yeah. I, I loved my time in the settlements. Really the majority of that team all went on to be incredible internationals. Mm-hmm. Like, so just show, and even nowadays with the sevens team, there's fellas coming in like Hugh Keenan, and yeah. Will Connor, Shane Daly, and they all go back and play for Ireland. So, and Nick Timoney. And Nick yeah. Timoney as well. Yeah. So the sevens is, there's something there. There's going to be yeah. more coming through. It's something that we've looked at. Like, I mean, you see over New Zealand, like as recently as someone like Caleb Clark who came through, like the players that have come through, like, you know, go back to far to like the Dougie Howlett's, the Jonah Lomos. They all came through sevens and mm-hmm. we've disregarded for so long when he finally started to bring it back in. But as you said there, I mean, if, if it's going to completely transform your game or improve your passing and improve your, your, where, where you're, where you're going to be in the defensive line, everything, it just makes you an all-around better player. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're maybe not quite at the level to play international, okay, stick him in here for a year, let him get better at everything, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden he's going to go back out. Like, and then you go on, then you have a successful career with your province mm-hmm. and with your country. You know? Exactly. I just got out of the Sevens program mm-hmm. and they do see it as a developmental squad, even mm. though we're at the top of the world, like we went to the Olympics, we did in the World Cup, in the World Series, but it's seen as the, a developmental squad and it is working, the idea behind it. And all the other top countries in the world have sevens programs. So yeah. it's yeah. it's great that ours is getting so good and the women's is so good as well. So yeah, it's a stepping stones. Yeah. I have a final question actually for you. Um, just with all the matches that you played, do your sevens, your 15th, All-Star, what's, who's the best player, um, stand-up person that you've played with alongside? Who's your favourite? I mean, it's, it's, sort of, it's I'm sure a lot of players go to the same one, but for me, I do think Brian Driscoll, if I had to pick one person, I mean, you knew that no matter who you played against, if he was in your starting team, you knew you had a chance because he, he could do things that people couldn't do. So, yeah. yes, there's lots of other people I could say, but... Um, no, just jump in there. Just, like, people always say, oh, I hate saying Brian Driscoll because it's the easy answer, but we always see how good he is on, on TV and, and matches, and we know he's one of the best centres, but... What we don't see is behind the scenes. Uh, what's he like in training? What's he like in talk? Is he that good? Is he br- always like the best player in training? Is he always one of the guys that's the, the best guy to talk in the, in the change rooms? Is he, was he always that good? No, I mean, look, as a, <clears throat> you wouldn't say, I wouldn't say he was the, um, the, the best guy as a, as a captain, as a talker. I don't think that, but that wasn't needed from him because yeah. it was how he just went about his business and led from the front. And you're talking about training, like Brandon Driscoll, um, Darcy, like all that sort of generation for from my perspective anyway. Like, and then when Rory Best, like we as an Ulster team, whenever I first started, we thought we might have been like training hard and the level we needed, but we weren't. We were behind the game and that's like the likes of Brian was just different level and, and what he demanded from everyone. And you see like the stories on, of, on the podcast come out before about how like Johnny Sexton's so fiery with Draco and with Rob Carney. But that like they're so demanding of each other. And I remember just sitting there going, this is incredible. It's just getting, I'm not saying you should be fighting. It brings you up though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It yeah. brings a stand up. But if you're saying about raw, out and out talent, someone who could change a game, you look, I mean, you just Google his highlights and you go, this is who, you know, there will be another Brian Driscoll, but I don't know when because, you know, he's... He really leads by example in every aspect. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Generational yeah. player, I think that's it. Like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Um, so there were some great answers out of you, Chris. Yeah. Thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you enjoyed answering them. No, it was good fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now we'll be turning to social media, guys, and see so what the, the social media thought of all the action and news this week. Yeah, yeah. So first up, we have Cora Nee Galgor. Sorry if I pronounced it wrong. As per usual, Holly Davidson played an absolute blinder tonight in a rather error-laden game. Clear, concise and decisive. Hashtag Ospreys versus Munster. I thought Holly Davidson was an incredible ref. Yeah, yeah. As I said, yeah. it's good to see more female referees come into the game. Like And like she showed there, she was 100% there on merit because she didn't make any decisions right. Like, she didn't get any decisions wrong. Yeah. I've been lucky that well. I've been refed by her. She's very good, um, you know, always on point and she's always talking to you as well. 
constantly in in your ear like and uh yeah she was she was brilliant to watch. Bernard Jackman here as well then uh, also commenting on our credit to tonight's reference Swansea Holly Davidson has been excellent I'm sure we will see a lot more in the at URC official and uh, you know that's great great praise coming from Jackman there again so I think it was actually a little bit surreal to see a woman ref um on it it was uh yeah, especially when you know her as well. Um, but uh, you can see the respect from the guys as well from uh, for their decisions too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was uh, lots of praise again on Twitter mm. again this week for Jack Carty. I think we alluded to that earlier. He's probably unlucky to miss out. Uh, is Jack Carty, Jack Carty actually trolling Andy Farrell at this stage with that no look out the back pass? What a performance. A tweet there from Joe Caulfield. Like, I think, yeah, if you look at the, the, the tens that miss out, so obviously Ross Byrne missed out, um, Billy Burns missed out, Jack Carty missed out. He's probably the most unlucky out of the three of them given the form he's in this season. In the current form, yeah, he's, you could arguably say but under Johnny Sexton, he's the best 10 in, in Ireland at the moment, I would say anyway. Um, and But look, there's just so many good guys out there. Harry Burns in and Ross is in, yeah. like, things like that. So, Do you have him in there, would you? Probably would. I mean, Jack Cardi, if you look at the Ulster game, the game plan was obviously Stuart McCluskey go through him. And I think in the first one, they, he did go through him. Mm. But then every other time, like Jack Cardi had a, a cracking game defensively and he's just can manage a game really, really well. So um, I, I think he's a really tidy player and... I'm sure he is very, uh, you feeling very frustrated that he yeah. didn't get the nod, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we went to this uh, tweet from uh, Aaron Smith. This is, I, this is something I spotted myself over the weekend and actually ended up putting a lovely graphic together on Rugby Joe's Instagram. You'll spot it. But basically, uh, 10 years ago, it was, it was, you saw Richie McCall was talking about as well, it was when the All Blacks won their uh, their first, well, their second World Cup, with their first professional World Cup with, 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 with that crowd. And um, basically, before that, himself and Name Inner Scholar were watching, the, watching that like sitting down and drinking a beer and he's tweeting that like imagine this is the World Cup before that like imagine us being in that and then four years later they're in a final starting together and like if you go on to if you go on to Instagram you'll actually see a picture of the two the two lads do uh, they're taking a selfie in the changing room the two guys sitting down like apparently they like played the whole way up together as their best friends but cool kind of story isn't it that is really cool yeah yeah I love that Aaron Smith's an unbelievable player as well yeah really yeah. cool um, another one talking about the All Blacks so we, we have another one here from Dennis Pasquale and he said the brotherhood of Rugby has always impressed me just before the Hakka. USA honoured fallen All Blacks Sean Wainu, I hope I pronounced that right, who had died about a week ago in an accident. So, touch of class by USA there for, for the All Blacks. Yeah, that's Sean Wainu that, that died there last week. He was only 25. He played for the uh, Chiefs and the Maori All Blacks. So, nice presentation, similar to what they did with Anthony Foley a few years ago. Came out, laid his jersey down. I know there was a a really uh, sad video going around there during the week of him that uh, went viral a few years ago mm. of him teaching his uh, eight-month-old child how to do a hacker. So this would have been January of last year, like when he died in a car crash. But I said, like, it's good to see that brotherhood in rugby, isn't it? Yeah, it's great to see the respect. I love that about, about rugby. Isn't it? isn't it beautiful, Chris? Yeah, of course. And I think, am I right in saying, I think the All Blacks as well, each player was given a choice to play. They didn't have they, to They could have taken it through, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, look, I'm not, like, it's just why rugby's so, so good, right? The core values of it. Yeah. Love to see, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good place to, to finish there in the social media section. Um, yeah. Remember now to use the hashtag House of Rugby URC and we'll get all your social media content. Well, that's it for this week's show. Yeah, guys, that's all we've got time for. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors, Bank of Ireland, proud supporters of the four Irish provinces. And of course, thanks very much, Chris, for joining us and being a great guest. Thank you. We'll be back in two weeks to discuss the Autumn Internationals, so I'll see you then. Thanks, guys. Joe presents House of Rugby. United Rugby Championship, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Yeah.